Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. Good day, everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy uh, jump in the comments, have your say. We've got a, I don't know about these sneaky winnable games keys. We sort of discussed these over the last couple of weeks, but there is certainly an important game, a, a potentially program-defining game coming up on the weekend. So I'm sure various people have various thoughts as to how we should tackle that. We'll save that for the back end of the pod, though. Uh, share the show, share the love, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, all that good stuff. And uh, boys, let's get into some football. The West Coast Eagles, six goals, seven, 43, were defeated by the Gold Coast Suns, 16, 17, 113. 70-point defeat, Friday night footy. Best thing about this for me, Keys, was that it cleared the weekend right up because, you know, Friday night footy, no interruptions, no no issues later on in the weekend. Business as usual for the Eagles. Uh, two goals, three at quarter time for the fifth week in a row for the sixth time this year. That is the longest such streak in AFL history. And that is about the best stat that I think we have going for us at the moment. What did you make, Keys, of, uh, of Friday night's footy? Yeah, it was pretty disappointing. Um, I mean, as much as we were in the game, in the on the scoreboard in the first quarter, the signs were there. Mm. I, think, I think it was 18 to 6 inside 50s in that first quarter. So um, the best thing you could do was saying was that the, the defence were, by and large, were holding up. And a couple of times we did get it down there, we managed to score. So it wasn't... It was a little close to the scoreboard. General play, you sort of got you were worried, and then floodgates opened in that second quarter. And um, Raul and Anderson got the work, and we just couldn't match it. And just you know, King, King, and Shoal, and and those guys mm. just got to work down there, and and we we just couldn't stop it. We just simply couldn't get our hands on the footy. Um, it was it was that that simple. We we were. As much as we'd like to have a go at Damien Barrett for his comments, we did actually resemble witches' hats in that second quarter. Um, yeah, yeah, we came back after half time and swung a few things around and and um, yeah, looked better. But then we still couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the goals on the board. Hold goal coast scoreless, scoreless. But you know, for all the work in that third quarter, we only reduced it by a couple of goals. And then yeah, the last quarter was sort of a bit of a, a semi rerun of the of the second and it was you know, at the end it was just thankful it was over and could go home. Uh, you talked about Rao there and, and Bender, I'll bring you in here. We have obviously the matchup that we hoped for, we certainly seem to get for large stretches was that Jinby versus Rao matchup. Something interesting to watch there for Eagles fans as we look to the future. 16 tackles for Jinby, which is fantastic. The size, he looked he looked huge against a guy that is considered very, very big and, and, and a bit of a inside bull, certainly goes the grass as well, as we know. 
again, scraping for positives when Jinby looks all right against Rao and tackled him a fair bit is up there because the supply, as Key said, right from the start, the supply was all the way up in Gold Coast's favour. Uh, Wits dominated in the middle, just really couldn't get much of a muchness going. And, and one of these stats here bringing in a, a nice negative stat for a change. Uh, this was tweeted out by Clint Wilden on the night of the game. Ten West Coast players had one or zero touches of the footy in the second term and the Suns are up by... 50 points at halftime, game's done, obviously, and, and Eagles are just sort of coasting it out from there. A few little glimpses, but, I mean, gee, what can you say? Yeah, look, very little. I think, you know, um, the watching that that second quarter and onwards, it was mainly like, oh, well, what are we looking for here? And the one of the things was the um, Oscar Allen multiple goals. Yes. We got like that. Uh, then we had the Jinby versus Rail. Is Jinby going to break the tackle record? And he kind of, he obviously didn't keep it up for that last quarter and Rail overtook him. Um, you know, and, and I don't, look, I'll be honest with you, I don't watch a huge amount of Gold Coast games, but every time I think we, Rail seems to really, other than the time that we injure him, when he actually gets through the game, he, he tends to play really well. Shreds, um, yeah. And, you know, he, he, he hasn't really delivered as as well as, I guess, you know, because of the injury on his number one pick. But when he plays against us, you think, Joe, geez, this guy's phenomenal. And, yeah. you know, the, the way he bursts away from stoppages and left our guys flat-footed watching him run, run away was was pretty sad. Um, outside of that, I'm probably outside of Oscar Allen, I think I'm going to be watching to see if we get two goals three at the end of the first quarter this weekend as well. Exactly. That's the, another thing to keep an eye out for. Or it's just I don't know what's going on there and how that keeps happening. It's freaky, but that's another thing to keep an eye out for. But you're right, the positives are pretty slim. Uh, Keys, we talked before we came on air about a couple of guys trying to, once again, scrape for positives or really, I mean, lessons because it's so much more of the same. There's almost, you're not learning a lot. You're coming away maybe thinking, okay, this guy's probably not worth another contract or didn't mind. For example, you know, Luke Edwards, I never mind watching Luke Edwards play footy, even though he didn't get a ton of it. But uh, someone that you flagged pre-show was Duggan, obviously came into the game as the captain. 32 disposals from him. Uh, A mixed bag for me, despite the stats, but certainly set the tone early, I think, backing into some packs and trying to throw his body around. The whole system collapsed and you can't really ever pin that on one person. But for me, maybe a bit of a mixed bag, certainly in a in a pretty lean bunch though. Maybe maybe one of our shining lights in, in the captaincy role. Oh yeah. He tried tried to lead by example. Um uh but the problem with Duggan is is probably his disposal is not quite where you want it to be. Um, for a guy, you know, if he's getting it 32 times, you probably want him to be using it a bit better. But, um, you know, I think as a guy who, you know, his first job as captain, I think you can say he did a pretty a pretty decent job. And he did, uh, you know, he, he's one player, I think you could... You could say, you know, could walk off the ground and and say, well, I I put in, um, and 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 had a proper a proper. I, I think it's it's hard because I don't I don't think it's fair to say the guys aren't trying because I think I think they are. But I think when it gets when the team gets on top, they just they just deers and they just got deer in their headlight syndrome and they don't seem to know what to do to to stop it and um, we just we just get lost. Um, you know the forwards. Oppo forwards are leading our defenders to the ball. When we go forward, it always seems to be to a two-on-two or three-on-three type situation. Our forwards really struggle to get separation. Um, yeah, I just I don't know what that is. I think Ballard had 10 intercept marks. He broke the record, something. I think, intercept marks. Um, you know, so it's just like you just sort of wanted us to just kick it to grass and just see what happens instead of kicking it high. Um yeah, you know, so like I said, I'm sure that they're, they're trying, but you know things just aren't working. And um, I think Simpson's hardest job each 
week would be trying to trying to rebuild confidence and get the guys to go come and let's have it you know let's have a crack and see how we go. But um, yeah, we picked up another well, well one. Well, we've picked up two injuries, but one of them, you know, Jones just looks like he's going to play, but then Darling's broken his arm. Mm. So, um, you know, so we can't, we can't even get out of it. We can't even get through a game without picking up injury either. So, uh, Migs in the comments. G'day, Migs. Thanks for uh, jumping on the show in the comments, mate. Appreciate that. Uh, Ballard, as we were just talking about with that intercept mark record, which is just great. Ballard was leading Darling to the ball over and over again. And Keys, you just touched on it there. I mean, Bender, this is honestly one of the largest talking points coming out of the game. And it's something where in a, in a different season, maybe a more successful season could be somewhat season defining, but it's yet another injury. It's Jack Darling. Now this happened for mine early in the third quarter, I reckon. And he hobbled to the boundary. The ball was still in our forward 50. He hobbled to the boundary, was in the arms of trainers, sort of told him to piss off and then came back onto the ground. Throughout the rest of the game, he's made at least two or three trips to the bench by my count. I think he's come on with either a plate or it's taped up or something like that. The upshot is Jack Darling's broken his arm. It was as clear as day for everybody there. I'm not saying the medicos didn't know. I think they probably got told to piss off and Jack wanted to finish the game. But I mean, far out, Bender, given where we're at, is this, what are we doing? with the injury management I know oh, he's been under fire in the media and maybe wants to do the brave thing or what he considers a team first thing but for me that just wasn't it and that was probably the moment where the apathy really set in for me where I'm thinking Fuck, they're not even protecting guys when I can see it from the top stand that he's got a broken arm yeah look I don't want to take you know biting into my heroes and villains stuff here Oh, but, good. Um, no, that's all right. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I, it's questionable. And, you know, I, I can only assume, yeah, one, he told him he was okay and he wanted to get back out there and, you know, restore some pride or something. Or two, they were so worried about their managing their minutes of other players and, and injuring a second player and getting them to replace him and playing over minutes um, that they, you know, I would have thought, why can't Jamison just go sit down forward? What, what was he doing otherwise? You know what I mean? Or yeah. why couldn't with him sit forward, you know? So, yeah, look, well, I, it was By the way, we were baffling. 60 points down when it happened. So why don't you just go, fuck it? Is the difference between 70 points and 90 points that different? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, are we uh, given where we're at? <laughs> no, um, I, I look, I'm with you. I had no idea. But I, I think both of you guys are at the game, right? Did you see Kelly's brief halftime interview? Cause, I heard about um, it. I haven't gone back and watched it, but he, he was pretty uh, forthright. So take us through it. What did he say? Yeah. Oh, he was just, look, you could tell you could tell he was hurting. You know what I mean? And he was frustrated. Um, mm. the, it was a very quick interview and he was just, he, you know, he wasn't rude, but he was abrupt kind of, if you know what I mean. He, and he wanted to get off yeah. the field. And when he came back out, it looked like he was on, you know what I mean? So mm. I think what, what, oh, what Keys was saying about how hard it is, is to get the guys motivated. I think there's also a bit of pride there that they still have, and I'm hoping that they they're tapping into. You know, but it was it was interesting one to see the interview and then see him come back out the way he responded, and which I thought was a lot better. But it was, I don't think they've they've given up. Well, he hasn't at least. No, no, not at all. The, so, the thing with the thing with the Darling injury that I, I find it's, it's been like on the on the board basically on our board the pf1 um it's been pretty much what you said badge yeah medicos let him go back out on what are they doing you know they could have made it worse blah, blah, blah. yeah so it's been generally speaking pretty negative but most of the stuff the the, the things that i've heard from sort of outside media and and things like that so a lot of i mean guys admittedly a couple of guys ex-teammates like schofield and kennedy mm. but not limited to those guys have sort of come out and been, you know, that's that's sort of something that's a positive for the teammates that you're willing to to still put in and keep going and 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 try and do something to help the team. 
Um, if I can put a positive very, spin on it, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's been it's been quite it's been quite jarring that like from within the big footy community, it's been pretty pretty negative. But from outside that, it's 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 been uh, polar opposite. Uh, I just find that it's sort of kind of. I, I mean, I think that the reality is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I think there's. I mean, I, I think the medicos knew. I mean, I don't think there's any. I think to suggest that the medicos didn't actually know he. Oh yeah, probably of course. His arm. Um, and then that's you know they've taped it up and he's done what he could. I mean, in all honesty, I mean he took one mark on the wing, um, yeah, and he hunched over after he kicked that footy away. He was he was bent see, right over. You can see he's in pain and things like that. So I don't know. I mean, in in all honesty, he probably wasn't doing a hell of a lot by being out there. Hmm. Um, but you know. I, Give props to the guy. I think there's probably there's probably some truth to the fact that you know he copped a lot of shit during the week and you know he didn't want to be seen to be leading the team down, so he's trying to do what as best he could. I think that's and I think that's the thing with the player. I think people forget the players; they're human. They want to try and do something. And the guys want to. I mean, we'll get into this a little bit later with the talk about pick but number one. Mm. But um, the guys want to win. Mm. They're competitive players. I mean, these guys. You know, they they generally want to they want to win. Um, their confidence is low. There's times when um, I suppose there's been instances, you know, after the premiership where there's you know wanting to win and and wanting to win. I think yeah. there's a there's a real there's a different level. But I think in in general, that you know, they don't go and go, oh fuck, I can't be bothered tonight. Um, so it, it's just a it's just a, I find it just an interesting comparison between um, a support base that's kind of pretty jaded at the moment and is fairly down on the club for, for obvious reasons and then others are sort of looking at it and going well okay there's there's this to look at as well but uh, we move on yeah I suppose it, this has just dawned on me now and I yeah, hadn't really considered it and I'll sort of say it and move on from Darling but the a lot of the stuff that has been leveled at Darling over the years is in terms of that desire and certainly during the whole COVID and the vaccine stuff without reopening a lot of that there were a few things thrown at him in terms of pressure from outside and from fans as well saying, well, he doesn't really care about the team, selfish, et cetera, et cetera. So I suppose this somewhat puts those things to bed in a way. I guess the pressure is more on the medicos more than Jack. If he wants to go out there and, I don't know, take a mark and hunch over, then good luck to him. But anyway, uh, Bender, one more for you and then I'll open it up if anybody's got any closing thoughts on the Suns game. But I dare say we've probably been through everything that's anything. Uh, third quarter, Petricelli into the middle. You know, is that... Anything is it something we can expect? It was it worked, you know. He had a couple of nice little clearances. He and Clark sort of worked up, but it seemed to be just that he would stand off the contest and just sprint front and center every time and just try and time it. And, and he did jag one in the end, which turned into quite a nice goal. Eight center bounce attendances in the center in the second half. Obviously, he didn't have any prior to that point. So something, nothing. You're down fifty points. Who cares? What, what do we make of that? There, there was actually one point. I think there's maybe four or five stoppages in a row on the back mm. of the square, and he just yeah. kept on. Stopping on the backside and coming through and it was just like well we know what he's doing i was surprised they just kept on letting him do it or letting him try it but yes. look i'm all for it what, what have we got to lose like mm. let's just see something that might work or might be you know we can put in the back pocket for maybe sometime in the future and go okay we we can put him on the back side of the square and then run through a contest you know just something that we can try out i don't think there's anything to lose and i do like seeing that yeah it might mean nothing if it was a game that was on the line um, I think in these terms, it's just nice to, to have something different to watch at this point rather than the boys getting smashed out of the clearances, which is what Gold Coast are doing anyway. Mm, yeah, I, I think we just, we, where we're at, there's the sort of things we've just got to explore now and just see, we've got to see what we've got 
on on our list and what what's worth persevering with and what we need to put a line through. And if that means throwing someone into an unfamiliar position just to see, I mean, we did it last year with Jones where we took him for took him from playing as a forward and threw him off half back. Mm. I actually found something. Um, so you know that that worked. So you know maybe Petch Petchelli as a as a shock sort of you know. Run him in there five minutes a quarter or something like that in the future, and it's something to change up. You know, it's yeah, it's worth it's worth looking at. I mean, we we need to be looking at some of the other things. There's other players we could be doing. I'd like to see him throw Clark in there once just to see what the fuck happens. But oh, big shout out. This is maybe pinching from Heroes of the Week as well, but yeah. big shout out to Greg Clark for. Uh... Kick, did he kick the goal or did he just set it up? But then he's followed it up. No, he, you know what? He did. He's kicked the first goal of the third quarter. Then he followed it up, run down a fucking ripping shepherd, like full sprint shepherd. I'm going to block for my teammate. Opened up a spot for Petra, finished with the goal. And he celebrated it like the Chris Marston celebration award of the century. Unreal. I'm not really a Greg Clark guy, to be honest. I don't think we've done him any favours in terms of how we use him. But do you know what? Like going back to what Keyes said, you can't deny that he doesn't care. You can't deny that he's not actually putting in. If it works, great. Obviously, sometimes it's not working for him, but the effort and the uh, the celebration and the passion, it was at least nice to see that uh, from my perspective. Anything else on the Suns game, gents, before we move off into a bit of news? No, thank you. Beautiful. No, thank you. I like that. Right. <laughs> we got a bit of news. Uh, fixtures. They have been announced. The last block of fixtures, the last sort of six, seven weeks of the season. As you'd expect, Bender, the Eagles do not feature on prime time, nor should they. Essentially, the rule is if we're away, we're on Saturday, and if we're at home, we're on Sunday. That's that's pretty much the trend, bar a couple of small exceptions. So six-day and eight-day breaks, basically, for the for the stretch and, and settle into that Sunday WA sort of 2.40 p.m. time slot, I would expect. And any Again, are we, are we bothered? Is this anything for us at this point? No, and this and this is another one of my heroes and villains shout-outs, but the whole floating fixture idea. Um, yeah. But um, no, we got what we deserve. Um, but even in the years when we've been on, we get the shitty Sunday afternoon time slot anyway. So look, it's just what we get. I'm not sure how much of the actual requests that come from the Eagles themselves that say we want that Sunday home game for recovery mm. purposes or whatever. And if so, then I guess they're getting what they want at least. But for me as a spectator, that you know, I don't go to a great deal of games anymore but I used to really dislike the um the Sunday afternoon games because I just think you get home and you feel a little bit flat. But I think it works out well for the players in terms of coming back from over east at least. So it gives them a little bit more time to to get their recovery in. Uh, keys, fixtures, anything, nothing? No, nothing really. Only um, Collingwood's fixture popped up on my Twitter feed, which was kind of interesting from the boy. Well, there's... Well, not, it's entirely predictable. Um, so it's ten. They play ten games after the bye. Okay. Um, one trip to the Gold Coast. One trip to Adelaide to play Port. Yep. Two games. Two trips to Marvel. Wow. And then six six games MCG. So in ten weeks they leave Melbourne twice, and not and the last five weeks are all in Melbourne. Yeah, so, buddy, how good are they though? Fuck. So <laughs> it's you know this is and what then, you want. You want the good teams was, getting that, the getting that, the marquee games. That was combined with another tweet that I saw of all their players. There's ten players that hit thirty or more this year mm. on their list. Mm. And you look at that and you go, you know, which is more than what we've got in terms of 30-year-olds. Oh, they're um, surprisingly old. they got heaps in that 150-plus bracket uh, as well. But you look at that and you go, well, yeah, if you're only leaving the state four or five times a year, mm. you know, when you hit 30, 
you're not you're not nearly as cooked as what you are if you're leaving the state ten times a year. Was it Pendles so, has played the most games at the G ever, or most wins, or something like that? Yeah, something something like yeah, most you know most brown eyes at the G or whatever. I don't know something like that. Um, but yeah, just kind of. Just kind of shits you. I mean, it's a it's a reality, but um, you know, it just throws back to that gather round when you know the Victorian clubs are whinging about having to travel, mm. and then you know West Coast come up with a quite reasonable suggestion. It's like, well, wait a minute, we shouldn't be travel. You know, we travel ten times a year already. We maybe shouldn't be travelling eleven times because it's a bit unfair. And um, they got blasted for it, um, including by I shit you not, Fremantle supporters who were too fucking stupid to realise that if West Coast only have to end up travelling ten times and not eleven. That's going to flow on to Fremantle. So the dumb no. fucks down there are too fucking blinded by the hatred of West Coast. They can't even see that we're we're leading with our chin for something that will ultimately benefit them. Dumb fucks that they are. Anyway, I reckon that I reckon that takes us into heroes and villains then. I will lead off with some heroes because I don't know that there's too many this week as there hasn't been for quite a while. Uh, we gave it to the Indigenous Jumper last week, so unfortunately we can't do it again. But very nice to see the coverage around that and uh, obviously leading into Sir Doug Nichols' round this weekend and, and sort of hopefully we're going to get to see all the good ones. I'd like the Eagles to do a home and away one. I'd like to get the chance to you know wear a couple different versions, but this one is an absolute ripper. So cheeky hero nomination there. Greg Clark, I already uh, went with the uh, with the hero nomination on that one as well. But apart from that, you know, a little bit of passion, a little bit of fight and something to cheer about. Is there anything else, Bender, that we particularly liked this week? Anyone do right by us? <laughs> I've got nothing. Eh? Yeah, and I've been, think- I've been thinking about an hour and a half of like trying to like see what popped in my head. Like I've been just oh, here sitting here staring at the wall trying to think of one, but yeah. We, we got um, a good one in the comments here and unfortunately the audio, the podcast listeners won't get this, but we've got a nomination from Bombard and a hero nomination for Bender's moustache. Now, I can't really do justice to this, and I'm obviously not a cricket guy. But is this more Merv Hughes or or Booney or what? How am I describing this moustache for the people listening uh, uh, at home? Mer- Merv Hughes. Yeah, Merv it looks Hughes. a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very nice. Look at that. We've got a big. <laughs> Jeez, the season's gone to shit. When this is the uh, <laughs> hero beard watch, hero nomination. Bender's got the. Got the oh. coming in. Uh, Witherden for sticking up for Darling in the press. It was great to hear, says Anthony in the comments as well. Yeah. And Andrew likes the fact that we know when the season ends and obviously that's going to be pretty fucking quickly after the final siren. Keys. Clutching at straws for my heroes, but that's what we do. Um, I listened to the Coast to Coast podcast this morning, um, driving around and Harry Barnett was on. He was yeah. actually quite good. Kind of good fun listen. Um, if you if you get a chance, go to wherever it starts. But he talked through the phone calls and text messages and things like that. He was getting in and around the moment he got drafted by West Coast. Um, and total fucking clown show. Um, it's it's well worth a listen to him sort of saying, well, you know, he's, he's been told he's getting drafted, so be ready. His KO dropped out, so he couldn't see what was going on. He's trying to watch it on Foxtel, which was delayed. He's then going on a live cross. He's, he's jumped up. Um, he was watching KO through his PlayStation. He's knocked the controller off. It's turned KO off. Um, he spilled a glass of water all down his pants. So he's doing a live cross, not knowing if he looks like he's pissed himself. Um, it, it's just, and then he's said, you know, he's got the phone going in the background, which was Simo trying to ring, and um, it was all, it was all quite funny. And he's, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, it's actually quite a, quite a good listen to the young guy. Um, 
The other one I had was the name means nothing to me. There'll be nothing to anybody else. Um, and he won't even know I'm talking about him. There's a guy called Regan Phelps on Twitter. Um, popped up in my Twitter feed last night mm-hmm. on the back of a, a little one-minute clip that footy, I didn't watch it, but Footy Classified put up a clip of Matthew Lloyd talking about um, how good Collingwood were on deflating them about, you know, the going out and getting Tom Mitchell to the club, which is because there was a weakness in their clearances. So what great clubs do is get players to address their weakness and mm. put a little graphic up about all, you know, how much they're improved in clearances and scores from stoppages and all this sort of stuff. And just, mm. you know, it was, I don't know if he spat or swallowed at the end of it, but he did one of those two. Um, and then, so the reply to that tweet from what I said, Regan Phelps, was a tweet of a comment that Matthew Lloyd made back in September last year saying, if I was Collingwood, I wouldn't trade for Tom Mitchell because he doesn't mm. play the Collingwood way. Mm. So he's applauding a decision and saying this is what clubs, great clubs do for a decision that he said he wouldn't have made. Yeah, so, but that happened in the past and we can't, you're not allowed to remember. Also, I'm so sure I'm, that he was nothing I'm, but complimentary I'm, uh, about us getting I'm Kelly, really by the way. Uh, young Regan or whoever he was might be old Regan I don't know um, managed to pull him up on it and uh, show just what Bucks journalists are and yeah you know, and double because there was one from Damien Barrett as well someone highlighted um, oh he uh, all the stuff he said about Richmond before our, before our game you know Richmond have Fucked, and they're used to that. And that. Oh, and, and, and then he's tur- and he's turned around after Richmond beat Geelong and said Richmond are back, and they're going to scare sides. And I mean, geez, don't, I don't Richmond scare a few. Crap out of Richmond. It's yeah, like, <laughs> he said they were crap against the witches' hats. Obviously, that's us. And oh, yeah. I don't know, Damien Barrett's only. Oh, fuck, what's his name? Damien Hardwick's only having a go yeah. because he's trying to get the pressure off. They're no good, and then a week later they're back. Yeah, apparently it was three days. Reagan, it was it was, it was Friday versus Monday. Fri- Friday yeah, versus Monday. Hmm. We've all said things on a Friday night that we regret on Monday morning, so I can't go too hard on that. Uh, apparently, Regan Phelps is a Hawks fan, so we're not giving him here all the week, but we'll give him a little tip of the cap and say, on your way, mate. Hope you get it. Uh, yeah, it was like I said, I was clutching at scrolls, but Bender's moustache wins. Oh, Bender's moustache. 10 out of 10. I'll take what I can notes. get these days. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful heroism. Right. Villainy. Uh, can I lead off on this one? Because I think it's largely been done, or we're, we're, I'm sure you guys will cover the big ones. The concept that Essendon and Carlton, and it feeds back into our fixture chat, would get the elusive King's Birthday Eve marquee time slot. Uh, Now, this is, of course, Essendon. I'm not looking up the ladder, but what, 13th and Carlton are 14th or something like that. They're, you know, sort of just pure mid, just, you know, irrelevant. Now, Keith's talked about the Pies fixture. At the very least, let's not pretend they don't get this fixture every year, but at the very least, you could say, you know what? They're in first place. We're announcing the rolling fixture. They're a game clear of the competition. And by the way, they haven't played Hawthorne, West Coast or North yet. So, you know, you'd suggest that they're still going to be up there by the time the season comes to an end. Fair enough. Give them the marquee games. Like I said, it's this way every year. But let's 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 pretend it's merit-based. What the fuck, Bender? Are Essendon doing anywhere near a marquee game or Carlton? And how many times are we going to say, geez, the showdown's good? Isn't the showdown good? Wouldn't it be good if we could get a showdown at the MCG? It's such a great fixture. Will you guys put it on a Friday night? Well, no, we're not going to... Hang on a minute. We're not going to do that. But... Uh, 
we're going to have a public holiday, standalone game. We're going to give it to Essendon and Carlton because, I don't know, I guess Richmond and Collingwood were busy that day, Bender. That's my nomination. Have you got any villains that week? Look, it's it's similar to yours. I, the the concept of a, a sporting you know competition that decides on a third of the fixture based on how the first two-thirds of the fixture goes to who's going to bring the most money in. When then you go back, you take a step back and you look off field, they've got all these measurements to make the game equal. You have to mm. soft cap that you can't spend more than the broke clubs, no matter how much more money you've got because we'll, we'll punish you for that. <laughs> but if you're not performing, then you don't get the, the Friday night game or whatever. But look, this is this is the kind of stuff that turns me off footy, to be honest with you. And then, you know, this this birth of another possible marquee game and it goes to a uh, two Victorian clubs. Like, you know, mm. if, and we've, we've all been through all the marquee games and they're all in Victoria, all public holidays in Victoria. Like, you know, it looks... Well, yeah, but, you know, the Saints are up and about. Shit. You could give it to the Saints. You could give it to Saints Dogs. You could throw North a bone and give it Saints North, Dogs North. Mm. You could, you know, Hawks obviously get the Easter one with Geelong, but there's some... Op- nah, Carlton Essendon, why not? How good? Mm. I mean, the worst one is um, fuck off, Fish. Um, <laughs> like, the, the showdown is... The showdown, the, the second showdown is, is going to be on a Saturday night where it shares a Saturday night with another game. I forget what the other game is. Yeah, it's not standard. I've got Carl, Carlton Collingwood on the Friday night, which, I mean, that's a big game, but, you know... Make the showdown. The showdown is. I mean, I get why the Derby doesn't get much love over East because generally the the Derby, as much as we hype it up over here, the Derby hasn't really been a great game very often. There's not a lot of great Derbies. There's a fucking shit ton of very fucking good showdowns. Mm. Now that's a game that if you're a national competition and you want to highlight a proper rock, that Adelaide Port Adelaide is a proper rivalry, and more often than not, it produces a really good fucking contest. Yeah. So fucking build it up, you know. But they don't. They 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 fucking ass had it around and um. Do it, Anthony. In the comments, is saying have it be performance based. Do uh, you know what we save the grand final replay and we put it on this game, or we you know you know what. I mean, there's so many options. It's, it's just we you know we've done it before. All those fucking marquee games, or like they call all the all the set fixtures are all fucking Victorian clubs. The only one I did a post of it, and our our um our pet Brisbane supporter um pointed out that the Brisbane Collingwood game on um on the thir- on Easter Thursday oh, is, yeah. is is basically that's sort of become a a bit of a but as much as that's a feature. It doesn't get promoted that way because if it did, I'd fucking know it. Yeah, yeah all the I other ones. Forgotten about it. You know, you know Easter Monday. You know Anzac Day. You know Anzac Day Eve. Now you know Dreamtime. You know Dreamtime. King's the birthday. King's birthday. The round one game. All these games that are all fucking Victorian clubs. It's just once. I can get a couple of. Not get it, even if it's a Victorian club versus a non-Victorian club. Yeah, you know, I, I reckon Fremantle should have Anzac Day night with their Land Hall game. Yeah, you've said that before, really, but they don't get anything. Yeah, it's like any so. Anyway, no, it's self perpetuating as well. They they get the big games because they rate, and they rate because they get the big games. And what's you know, little Timmy who's six years old picking a club, what's he going to choose? Is he going to choose the big game that got a hundred thousand and he heard about for a month ahead of time? You and know? then they throw, and then they throw the Povo clubs a few million dollars extra because the make up for the shit fixturing and those guys. It does two things. It means that they're always a drone on the comp because they'll always be Povo clubs because they're buried in. Shit yeah. time slot. Um, and they hold the rest of the clubs back because you know you can't you can't spend too much because they can't keep up. It's not fair. I mean, you, you know the soft cap got reduced 
football department gap got reduced by 30% with COVID. Everything else has gone back to normal except for the soft gap. Mm. You know, it's it's gone up by, back up by 10%. It's a fucking joke. And, and the Povo clubs are arguing against the modest increases they've already given. Uh, Avishka in the comments saying, Keys is on the tins and going on an almighty tyro. And that's what we're here for at the end of the day because it's certainly not the footy. It hasn't been for the footy for quite a while. Uh, Bender, other villain nominations for yourself? Uh, I'll go quickly here. Number one's the concept of the draft lottery. I think, have we covered it in mm. the in the pod yet? I can't remember if we have oh, yeah. or not. We but, talked no, pre-game. Yeah. No, that that's number one. Then... The idea that they're starting to go with the North Priority pick stuff already and the idea that they could somehow pinch a pick or two picks before us, depending on when we finish, just sickens me to think. Yeah, well, just... And then back to, obviously, you know, Gold Coast when we got the spoon and we got pick four Mm. and to think that we could finish down the bottom and get cheated out of a higher pick again, it makes my skin crawl that they're already on it, but, you know, trying to get them in and, like, you know, they deserve it. They're a terrible team and they're not going to get anywhere. Uh, Just fuck off. Like, it's just... No, no, well, fold them, fold them then. What will happen with North is they'll lose Ben Mackay to free agency mm. because and they'll get he'll a be start out. of first round combo. So, so what they'll do is they'll massage it so they get a first round combo pick, mm. and then say, "Oh yeah, but we won't give them any priority picks." But they'll get pick two or three because they lose a guy that no club in their right mind would trade a first round pick for. Mm. Um, but so so they'll massage it so they don't have to give him. They'll end up with two picks inside the top five. Um, but the AFL turn around and go, yeah, but we didn't give my priority pick. Even though if it was any other club, you're probably looking to end a first round pick for Mackay, not not a first round. So, and the draft lottery is just it's a fucking nonsense idea talked up because it's it's something that comes up because there's too many journalists in the AFL media that have got to justify the position. So it comes up. I mean, I know a few people said, oh, you know, the one time West Coast are down the bottom, the draft the draft lottery mm. thing comes up every fucking year, and every year it's um, same as wildcard weekend. And things like that. They just they yeah. you got your, your journalists that love the NBA or the NFL, and they just fucking can't leave good enough alone. Yeah, it's there's a reason why. Just fucking you want to uncomplicate the draft, not not complicate it. So mm. just mm. fuck off with it. And the lottery yeah. doesn't work, by the way. It doesn't. It's the sort of thing where they go, oh, we'll have a draft lottery and it will discourage tanking. And then they go like this, good, done, that's that solved. And you raise your hand and go, sorry, can you explain how it discourages tanking? Oh, because finishing last doesn't guarantee you the top pick. All right, fine. But we saw a scenario in a league that has a draft lottery, the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks this year, because of the trades they'd made and because of the lottery odds and whatever, at quarter time of the final game of the season, they benched all of their players because if they had won, there was a chance that they would lose their pick. And they didn't expect that they had a long playoff running them so they they in the final game of the season decided to opt to not go to the playoffs and instead go to the draft so that they could keep their pick all you get is your teams the eagles and the hawks and north we're just dog shit we're not dog shit because we're not trying the list build has been wrong and i think you know tanking is more of a list building uh, issue for me than an effort issue we'll still be shit you can guarantee us a pick or not guarantee us a pick you can take the draft away we'll still be exactly as bad as we are what you'll see is the teams in 13th and 14th decide at round 10, oh, you fucking know what? Do we want to finish 9th or do we want to finish 11th or do we want to finish 14th and have a 10% shot at the first overall pick out of the blue? Like it just it just bumps tanking further up the leg. It doesn't actually solve shit. And great, it works in America. Fucking who cares? We've got a bit of big NBA chat, a bit of cricket chat. Bit of Spurs chat. G'day to uh, to Wemby, who's going to go to the Spurs. That's good stuff. Any other villain nominations there, Keys or, or Bender, for yourself? Anybody at all? No, I'm good. Uh, the West Australian. Oh, a rare nomination for the West Australian. Mitch Woodcock, a gain in fine form. 
There was a there was a um, West Coast Eagles social media put out a tweet yesterday, mm-hmm. like with a couple of photos from the Gold Coast game and said Friday night fight. And oh, it, what? And there's a few there's a few people that turn around and go, you know, well, you know, they really didn't and and stuff like that. Dick Face has come out with. <laughs> It's manufactured an article saying social West Coast fans mock West Coast social media. I went back. There was about six comments on Twitter, about six on Instagram. And as far as I could tell on Facebook, there was maybe 20 comments. And they were mocking. But you're talking less than 50 supporters from a 100,000 membership. So it's 0.05%, 0.05% of our support base bothered right. to say anything. And he's written a fucking article about it. I could still drive a car, I'll be under fucking 005 that's how, that's how small the percentage of um, comment, you know. So the West are just, they're an absolute pain. They are, they're pathetic. I'm sick of them. But they haven't bought their paper for 10 years, so it doesn't really matter. There you go. Um, uh, would love Badger's thoughts on Dorf's current form for Mumbai. That's cannot be in English. None of those words are English. You're talking about Berendorf? I, I remember a cricketer named Berendorf. Is that who you're talking about? Whatever. Anyway, good. I, I, uh, just, cricket, just, bullshit, pets, worse. Like Next case. Just the final, just the final one. I was listening to. I'm often in my car between six and seven, so sometimes I have my radio and I listen to the Rush Hour on Triple M, which is JB and Billy Brownless, which is often hard to listen to. Um, but they had a segment on last night with Mitch Cleary was going through AFL news and talking. One of the other like thought bubbles that the journalists have is um, well, with draft lotteries and wild card rounds is a mid-season draft period. Mm, or trade and period. They were, oh, trade, yeah, tra- trade period, sorry. And JB was going, you should have a mid-season trade period because then clubs like Hawthorne and West Coast and North Melbourne could trade someone in to make them better and help them out in the back half of the year. And I was like, you stupid fuck. That's the exact opposite of how a mid-season trade period would work because the guys are going to go from the bottom clubs because there's going to be a contending club will go, shit, we could do with this player. Mm. Let's go and see where... Uh, this club down the bottom and see if we can pry a player loose who might be saying, well, shit, I'm getting close to the end of my career. Let's get a, let's get an experienced player from bottom club. Um, and funny enough, Bill Brownless was one that actually pointed that out to him. And his comment was, well, yeah, but you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be using draft picks for it. And I was like, well, what else are you going to fucking trade? The Eagles don't want money. They want picks and wins. <laughs> um, and then. Sorry, just clear- interrupt. Have you got, have you got a written list of your villains there, Keys? Is it that? Well, it's because I forget. You've got a lot so of them. I, like, no, I respect it. I just want to... When I forget, I forget. So I just put them down and then um, that way I don't... The other one was Mitch Cleary said... Uh, he started talking about free agents and he said, um, Mitch McGovern, he said, oh, the Eagles could do that because they need good players. Where does Mitch McGovern and, come into this? And I thought, well, why are you saying Mitch McGovern then? <laughs> just because his brother plays at West Coast. I mean, there's enough people here, there's enough people ropeable that, are giving, that we might be giving Jeremy McGovern another two years. <laughs> yeah. I can't, can't imagine the... Uh, the, the way that would go down if we uh, traded for Mitch McGovern to go with him. Right, um, so anyway, that's it. Who's having I'm, it? Uh, who's having it this week? I, for me, it's the Essendon Carlton shit, but I'm, I, any and all, who's having it? I, I, the draft lottery because it's just such a fucking oh, yeah. dumb idea. Very good. Can we can we give it to Matt for this fucking snippy little comment that he's made about how to relate to a story in the uh, Facebook comments? Yeah, that one. Oh, goodness, mate. That's goodness low gracious, and dirty. Mate. That is. <laughs> that's... That's two weeks. That's worse than Cosy Pickett.
Right, football. We're back on field, or at least we'll briefly be back on field because there's an inbuilt, inbaked draft element to this game. But we play Hawthorne. They're shit. We're worse. Well, maybe. We'll find out. We're a half percent better than them on the ladder, Bender, but I'm not sure that that amounts to much. Are they going the tank? Are they just resting people? There was uh, COVID and then not COVID and then this guy's out, that guy's out. They're bringing some kids back in. But anyway, in for the Eagles. Bazo, Chessa, Long and True. Obviously, Sunday game, so we'll wait and see who is uh, who's sort of named from that. Jack Darling, the loan out thus far. We talked about it last week, Bender. We've talked about it a bit. We're no longer predicting, oh, are we a sneaky chance for a win here? But but Jesus Christ, it is 17th versus 18th. If we don't win this, when? When are we going to, you know, what, what What do you make of this? We've got a big game coming up. Yeah, look, the optimism is is fading quickly, mm. you know, and I think even if you asked me last Thursday about this game this weekend, I would have said we were pretty much a sure thing. Yep. And I think my, my I've got a tiny bit left, but it was almost killed on about half by half time of a Friday night. Um, I wouldn't say they're tanking. No, they're just terrible. And, they're, mm. and they've got some people that are unfit. Um, yeah, you're right. If we can't win this, then I don't think we're going to win again. Well, it's hard to say that, but I think we will sneak one somewhere. It's just really hard to pick where that sneaky one will be. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see the kids play. That's what we want. We want those guys back in. Um, Chesser and Bazo definitely and, and definitely Long. Well, True, I'm, I'm not sure about, but it's it's good. That's the, where the shining light is. We want to see the kids perform. We want to see what they can offer and develop. So that's when when we've taken out our our decently kids and we've been getting smashed. There's been nothing to look forward to in the game. Um, have these kids in and just they're showing what you know the little bits and pieces they can do. It makes that game more watchable to say, look, oh well. They did well in that situation or they'll learn from this one. Um, so have those guys back makes it a little bit more exciting just to tune in. Uh, I'm checking here, Keys. It seems that we last won in Tassie in 2012. It seems that we've got, what's that, a three and seven record or something like that, unless I'm forgetting a, a stadium. There's just the two stadiums over there, isn't it? Yeah, just the two, yeah. That's exciting. So uh, terrible track record. And as Mix points out, it's 17th versus 18th, and we are massive underdogs, which is interesting. Uh, certainly, I don't think unfair either. I certainly don't think unwarranted. A good stat, Keys, that was passed around this week. Hawthorne List, they have 2,039 games across their entire playing list. The West Coast Eagles injury list has 1,982 games on it. So, you know, around about 50 fewer games on our injury list than they're on their playing list in total. Uh, where are we at? Sneaky chance for a win, Keys? Um, if it was Optus, I would say yes. Um, given that's in Tassie, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> funny enough, I think Hawthorne are sort of, they're sort of getting, I mean, anytime you hear about the bottom three clubs at the moment, that's sort of like, you know, it's like West Coast are trash, North Melbourne are trash, Hawthorne are trying. Oh, they're scrapping um, so hard. Yeah, but Hawthorne have the worst percentage of the three clubs, not by a lot, but they do have the worst percentage. And North Melbourne beat Fremantle, and we beat GWS. Hawthorne's only win was against North. So in Tassie as well, I think. Yeah, or whatever. That's so it's not as you know, it's not really as if Hawthorne are travelling that well. And I think they're probably um, they've had a couple of games where they've been competitive to halftime, then got blown out. Where mm. you know we, we're sort of getting blown out in the second quarter. In the second, we're sort of close at quarter time and then get blown out in the second so it looks a little bit different um so look are we a chance yeah maybe but i, I don't know I, I think you know hawthorne probably want to win as much as what as what we do so it's not as if we're going and hawthorne will look at that they'll look at this as a game that that's winnable for them um we've got 
there's no real change to the side that played Gold Coast. Darling comes out and Luke Edwards comes in. And then we'll use one of those young guys like Chesser or Chesser or True or Long as a sub. Oh, we've got to bring Long in if he's available for me, given the where our forwards are at. We need some semblance of craft yeah, and so, one-touch footy, which is a lot to put on a kid, I know, but it's where we're at. Yeah, so, he, so I don't know who else comes out. I don't know. It's just... It, you just go and watch it, and and basically your hope is that you know, it's not a blowout, um, and that that's that's where we're at. So yeah, please not be a please at least be close. Mm. Um, I think you know all all the talk about this is the Harley Reid Cup, which is just crap because I don't think I reckon if you went to Sam Mitchell and Adam Simpson, and you said. Will you take five five wins for the rest of the season or the number one pick? Mm. They would take the five wins every time, and I wouldn't even think about it. I just, I, I don't think clubs really think too much about the draft. I wouldn't have thought this early but, either. If this was round twenty four yeah. or whatever, maybe. But Jesus, not oh, this yeah, early. If it's, yeah, the one we, we played North Melbourne in round twenty, and I think that's that's one where you look at and you go, well, there's maybe a, a bit more definitive around. Oh around what might happen then. Um, Comment coming through. How depressing is it that we're playing the bottom side and you're saying we should just be hoping it's not a blowout? Very depressing, but yeah. also not at all unfair. Yeah, but for the look, it's, I mean, we've, got, we've still got, we've got 15 guys out here. There's 15 guys unavailable. Um, you know, people are talking about how dire Sydney Swans' injury list is, and it's mm. not close to what ours is. So, um, yeah, so it's just a matter of pulling up and going, well, yeah, whether you know, the discussion around whether or not our medical have done what they should have done and things like that, and whether you know we could have prevented some of the injuries, that's one discussion. But the reality is, is with those injuries, we are not we're playing guys who shouldn't. There's 10 guys that aren't best 22, mm. uh, maybe more. Bender, I'm going through the Hawks list, and for all that we're in absolute grim uh, straits at the moment, we almost have a talent advantage on this, and maybe that's being unfair to a few of them. There's certainly some guys there. The the Lewis and Barras matchup will be interesting for sure, but um, you know they lose Jaff, they lose Wingard. Will Day's turned into a bit of a player. I really like Newcomb, so they've got a little bit of bash and crash inside, but not, you know, they're, Hawk. they're the Hawks. They're last for a reason. We're second last for a reason. Uh, going to sort of blend that one into what Keys was sort of hinting at there. We've got a question uh, from a Twitter user. Reading the game is the name of the Twitter user, so thank you for this. Is finishing last this season a long-term benefit for the club? And sort of sort of a yes and to this is, should the club go all in for the Gold Coast first pick, given that they need points? I think this is one we've sort of flagged last off-season as a potential trade-up option. Uh, where are you at with this game? Do you want to win? Do you want, if you could shake hands right now and be told we'd get the number one draft pick, is that what you want? Or are we avoiding the spoon? What's the, what's the end game? here uh look i'd rather avoid the spoon i'd rather win mm. a handful of games i don't think we're going to get look i don't think the afl is the type of player sorry the type of game where you draft a player and that player turns your team on its head um yeah. you still need you know another 10 guys on the field with talent at least backing up that elite talent kind of thing so no for me i'd rather avoid the spoon and get pick three to four and still get a very talented player. Um, but I'm not going to cry if we don't win at the moment because I think I've just had enough of, and I'm a bit complacent with how shit we are. So um, as I won't be upset, but my preference is to win every game that we play. Um, and like I said, I, I still have that tinge of optimism no matter how misguided it might be um, mm. before most games. But yeah, no, no way do I, do I want the history books to show us winning spoons. That's not what I want. No, and you, you go through and you see who's won the spoons X number of times. Generally, I find people tend to forget who's 
second last, third last, whatever it might be. You know, you oh, still yeah. end up with pick two. You still end up with whatever player you want, but people don't go, oh, remember they won the spoon that year at the end of it. Uh, trying to bring up the draft hand, I suppose, that we've got here, Keys, but give me two seconds and I'll find that for you. The second part of that question was with relation to trading back up into the draft. And the Suns are well known as needing some picks this year, which I would uh, suggest we might be a candidate for a trade up. We've got Law's fantastic table here. And as it loads, and this is great airtime because I don't know my we got two twenty one forty. There you go. And Ports picks wherever they land, which I think at the moment is something like about thirty two and fifty thereabouts. So it's, it's currently two twenty. 34, 39, and 53. So we got 20 and 39 are ours, 34 and 53 are ports. By way of points, we are free and clear of the pack in terms of the number of points that we've got on offer. The Suns currently have pick eight. I don't care about the points calculation, but I'm sure there is something we could do there that would be advantageous for us. The Suns have got got three academy products, Mm. um, which they'll need points for. Um, So there's... There's a possibility that they'll trade away whatever they've got now, pick eight or whatever it is. Mm. Um, if their current position holds, they'll trade that to get some picks later on for points. Um, the difficulty for that is there is 16 other clubs that will yes. also be looking at pick eight and making offers for it. Now, the trick with Gold Coast is to be the first one into their ear because they're not well known for taking the best deal. They're just taking the one that... that I don't know, whatever. I don't know how they decided. I mean, they decided to give pick seven to Geelong for last year for no yeah. for no good reason. Um, In terms of who's got the best draft capital for it, there are a handful of clubs that have two second rounders. The Suns have two second rounders and the Crows do, but they're not going to deal with the Crows after last year, I wouldn't have thought. And then Sydney and us. So we are well positioned. We've got some some good capital to give Mm. to Gold Coast to move up. Mm. Um, So there's there's sort of, it's a possibility. I think it's obviously, um, if we're not talking to Gold Coast about the possibility of it, um, I'll take a baseball bat to somebody. Um, But understand that, you know, another club may, come with something better um, for Gold Coast and what we're prepared to offer. So, um, yeah, absolutely chase it as hard as we can. Um, as for winning, I'm with Bender. I want to win every game we play. Um, the, the If we... And I don't want the spoon. The spoon mm. is... You know that's something that you don't you don't want, and I don't. Care. And as good as Harley Reid may be or may become, there's something I looked at. There. There's four number one draft picks that have become premiership players since mm. ever. So you know the number one draft pick, as much as it's you know it's hyped up and everything like that. Um, it's getting a number one pick is no guarantee of success. Um, and I think if you go through most drafts, the number one pick doesn't end up being the best player anyway. I mean, this year yeah. might be different. Um, and 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 the reality is. If you've got a player in the top five, um, you're going to get a good player. So if you get pick one or you get pick three, um, you're still going to get someone pretty good. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's all that happens is pick one is the spritzer you need to wash the taste out of your mouth if you're Matthew Lloyd talking about Collingwood. <laughs> Bloody hell. There you go. Uh, right, we'll take things back on field. Bender, what are we expecting? Who are you excited to see on the weekend? Because, you know, the, the ruck battle is interesting there sort of in a similar spot to us. They've got a couple of forwards. We're down Darling, so it's sort of Mitch Lewis against Oscar Allen. That's kind of an interesting little duel at either end of the grounds. There's some matchups, but it's 17th versus 18th. So really, what are we in for and, and what are you hoping to see on the weekend? Yeah, just, just the kids on our team. Um, probably Hoff. I'd like to see him string a few games together. Uh, I, I think he, he's had a bit of a disappointing, well, everyone's had a disappointing year, really can't single him out. Um, in terms of running with um, 
with uh, injuries and getting a, a decent amount of consistency because I think he was on his way to big things and he looked like he really put on some shape in the off season. Um, and I was excited to see how he was going to go. So good to see him just back up at least two games in a row. Um, yep. Other than that, you know, Chesser, I really I'd like to see him build some consistency as well. Um, get through games unscathed and you know build some confidence in himself and his body. Um, and that's about it. I, I don't know what else I can add to that. Um, it's pretty grim. Fair enough. Very good. Uh, for me, I reckon the Eagles are probably not going to win, which is disappointing. And as we've touched on, it's a bit of a shame we're saying, oh, let's hope they can keep it competitive against 18th. But it is what it is. The Tassie factor is a big factor for me. If this game was even at Marvel or at the MCG, we've seen sort of the Eagles and Hawks take a bit of a divergent path to what they're used to in terms of success. And the Eagles have done them at the MCG a few times. So if it was at home, if it was at the G, if it was a Marvel, yeah, maybe. Tassie factor, man. We are just, we've sent a, a lot better teams than this to Tassie and come away with fuck all. So not expecting too much, but I really hope that Noah Long gets a game. I just want to see more footy from him. And yeah, I suppose everyone will be the same, but echoing uh, Bender, Jinby, Hoff, Chesser, anyone. Bazo, I'd love to see Bazo get a game. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure at whose expense, but whatever. Just this, If ever there was a game for just play the kids, it's this one because you're sending 17th versus 18th. If you lose, you're sort of in the box seat for the mid-season draft number one pick, which I think is, what is that, next week They is the cutoff date for that. So, you know, there's even a short-term benefit to it in a way. Play the kids, see what happens have a crack they've got some midfield pieces we've got some midfield pieces that i think are pretty comparable but yeah keys i, I gotta say i'm not expecting a lot what about yourself yeah i just i just want us to be competitive i don't want us to be embarrassed um and yeah just see how the young guys go um i want to say two goals from allen minimum oh yeah and i'd like us not to be two goals three at quarter time i'd like us to be more than that um you're gonna be scoreless at quarter time and i'm gonna say i hope you're happy case no i see i hope we're gonna be more than that yeah good good more, Good catch. I said more. Um, <laughs> and I'd like to see some of the free... I, I'd like... I'd really like to see Petricelli have a big game because mm. I think he's... There's a footballer there. we just got to unlock him. Um, but as each week goes by, I don't know if that's going to happen. But yeah. I'd just like to see him just get unleashed and have a big game because I think... Yeah, like I said, I think there's a footballer, there's a there's a good player in there once he believes a little bit in himself. But uh, but yeah, I think we'll we'll end up losing. I'll be pissed off, and um, I might actually carry through my threat to ban Oka. Might even have a beer. This should be pretty exciting, right? Any closing thoughts on the Hawks games? Otherwise, we might uh, take it home. I reckon. Oh, I think. Yep. Oh, are we are we not tipping? We're just all rolling over I'm and saying Hawks. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I don't have a margin for it because what do I expect? Well, okay. you put a margin on it for us, Bender. What do you What do you like? Uh, look, I'm going to go that the Eagles are going to win by a poorly judged third umpire goal line decision that can't be judged well because the cameras down there are not good enough, and then <laughs> we're going to win by yeah, exactly. So we're going to win by under a goal, and it's going to be unsure of the result. So Very good. I love that. Technically, a we we may not have won, so maybe we'll go with that. Mm, very good. Uh, Vishy would like Keys to shotgun a beer before we close. I'm not sure that that's going to happen, but Keys, you're in control of that. Is that a? Ah, oh, they're empty. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. They're empty. There you go. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Then I reckon. I don't think there's any way. Uh, it's getting better than that. Uh, thank you to everybody in the comments. Result TBC coming through here. Paul thinks the Hawks win by 30 points. So, no, good stuff in the comments today, ladies, gentlemen. And, uh, yeah, Keys Bender, thank you very much for jumping on the show. Cheers. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Bloody hell. Anyway, we'll talk to you next week and we'll have a mid-season draft pick or a win or something interesting to talk about. So uh, we'll leave it for there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Yeah.